He's just a hack. He's just an absolute hack. And he gets his ass kicked by his teammates every week. It's just, you know, it's terrible. It's just terrible. Welcome back here on Hack City. Joe DeLeon, Sean Anderson, two former college football players from the University of Rhode Island. Today we are recapping the action from week two of the FCS. That being two massive games between two ranked opponents. One of these teams might not be ranked after this weekend. Of course, we're talking about South Dakota State beating Montana State. Of course, we're talking about Weber State handing it to you and I on the road. Sean, how are we doing? Uh, a little parched. Give me one moment. Stop, stop. See, if you were clever, you would have shown up with a different object. Like, do you have like a do you have like a small vase or something like that? Or like a large vase? I mean, I got this. No, that's too, I, I that's too reasonable. Much. I should that's, use it more. Um, you don't have, do you have like one of those like umbrella holders? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shoot. Oh, what was I going to say? Oh, I do have big news. Uh, oh, I'm, yeah, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm getting rid of one of my swords. What? I was able to sell Why? it again. I'm tired of it. I'm tired of one sword. Are you tired of the the fear that it instills in people who I'm just no, I tuck it away. I hide it behind my whole setup here. It's just this it's the big stupid the big broadsword. Uh-huh. Like I'm I'm just tired of it. What am I doing with this? Well, I don't need it. I, I mean that question is to be asked to to you when you purchased it. I didn't purchase it. Or you gift. acquired it. They were all gifts. Every single one was a though. gift. Yeah, I, I I I told the guy to just take it, and he said, oh, "I got to buy it from you." I'm like, "No, you don't." I think I, I got it sold for twenty five bucks. I, I have to admit, let me know if I got who, lowballed. Who'd you who'd you sell it to? My roommate's brother. <laughs> it's just a he chain over of idiots. He looked uh, like he 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 would like it, so I'm like, "Hey, do you want this thing?" And then, see, in a sword, is he a big sword guy? No. Just, I'm just trying to get it. rid of it. It's like a boat. It's like everyone that you know that has a boat's trying to sell their boat. Same thing with swords. I don't know. I don't know if I got. I don't care if I got scammed or if I lowballed. Uh, but that's what I. That's what it was. I have to admit, it's a bit of an obsession of my girlfriend's that you have these swords and the fear that, not so much the fear, but she doesn't understand how any girl that stays over is not freaked out by you having the amount of. How many? Do they're you have not to in the open. They're not in the open. Okay, so you do a good job of hiding. Then what's the point of having them if they're not? I don't in the know open? what the point is. I just have you them. I, I just get have accumulated. I got a bunch of the, the 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 like you know the machetes in the drawer and the the other mini swords in the drawer. Like like God, the actual usable good... blades. Like the the tomahawks in the drawer. Uh, the knives in the drawer. Like that. Those are just in the drawer. But I got two samurai swords that I'm just looking at right now. Uh, I got the big broadsword. I got a cane sword that I don't want. Uh, yeah, I just, I'm, I'm just, I got too many. I got way too many. I, I, I'm tired of them. We, anyone who lives in the Washington D.C. area and wants to buy some swords off the, off of Sean, send him a DM. Hit me up. Radio. If you want to just come pick up the cane sword, I'll, I'll, I'll just meet up with me. I'll, I'll give it to you. I don't need to sell it. I will give you the cane sword. He'll bring it to South Dakota with him. Usually you can take those on a, on a plane. Um, <laughs> yeah. Sean, we got these games to recap. Can you just share with our listeners a uh, quick word from Bet Online? Yeah, who doesn't love winning money? I love winning money. Joe, kind of. You I can use it to buy a new sword. Oh, it, my God. <laughs> you, continue the read. You found a way. You found, <laughs> that, that, that hit a weird point in my soul where I'm like, I cannot believe he just <laughs> – Regardless, football is back. Uh, and when I say football, I mean the NFL. So if you want to do some NFL betting, I know a lot of you that listen are scattered across the country and have to watch some bad teams like I do. 
Uh, so if you want to root against your team like I do, uh, bet against them. Uh, bet online. That's where you should be doing it. It's your number one information source for all your sports wagering info with all the up-to-date minutes, stats, news, scores, and matchup breakdowns. Get the latest game odds, spreads, and totals from the NFL and college football at your fingertips with BetOnline's real-time updates on statistics, news, and odds. Here's what's great about betting is that if you're if it's Sunday and you're watching football and you're with the boys and then you see Washington's losing to Arizona somehow and you see Cincinnati's losing to Cleveland somehow and you decide to take a live bet two-team parlay for plus 170 odds or, or something crazy like that because it's the second half, you take it and you ride and then you watch Cincinnati piss down their legs and then you, you, know, you have a good day. You have a really fun day uh, uh, wagering on sports. Uh, so isn't it fun? Head to uh, the website today or use your mobile device to get in on the action. Remember to use our promo code BLEAV, that's B-L-E-A-V, to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, where the game starts. How can Bet Online not ro- love the energy you bring? To How doing can Joe those Burrow moves? and the Bengals be this bad every year in the first month in September? Ah, that was your mistake. They right, should let's, be let's, the Ivy League and, and and play four weeks after everyone starts. Let's let's focus on FCS. Speaking of Ivy League, talking first about box score takeaways. By the way, I have to clarify this and i'm gonna have to clarify it every episode someone commented on the last show when i led into the segment and said we're just gonna do a quick takeaway and talk about some of the scores that we noticed because or just things that we saw in the news that we didn't get eyes on and someone commented you clearly didn't watch the sac state game gee it's it's not like i didn't preface that by saying that so we didn't watch all these games we watched some of them and got some eyes on some of the highlights but the two big games that we're about to break down are coming Big takeaways, though. Holy Cross. Hell of a game against Boston College. I thought they were going to pull out the upset. They almost did. Matt Saluka looked fun in some of the bits that I saw, uh, but they ended up falling 31-28. to Man, they're a pretty good football team this year, like what I'm seeing so far. Holy Cross, very good. BC, very bad. It is tough for the Yuck. Eagles. And Holy Cross put up a fight, and they were on upset watch uh, all week, as they should have been. Great game. I would have loved to see what would have happened if not for a weather delay, I think the entire East coast had crazy weather. I know mm-hmm. I was hit with some crazy weather yesterday. I was taken advantage of by the rain, never been hit with more. It doesn't matter. Uh, Holy cross looking good, looking sharp. That will not hurt them in the polls or ratings. I know BC stinks, but I moved a, them up actually for it's a good performance. You, you weren't, you weren't nervous about going into uh, alumni stadium, or whatever they call it. Uh, and seeing the Doug Flutie statue, they, they did good. Holy, Holy Cross, good work. We did get three FCS upsets, which are awesome. Uh, the first one that this is the best one of the week. I mean, they kicked the crap out of Nevada. Idaho's got their justification. They oh, yeah. have been truly justified. And this is another team that I moved up on my ballot. I'm in on Idaho. Giovanni McCoy, man, the stat line that he threw up. Um, I'm excited that once they get some of their FCS flows and we get to break down preview and recap some of those games, the bigger uh, teams in their conference. I'm excited for it, man. It's fun when Idaho's good because that fan base is excited. Rack of tits is probably um, having a parade in his it. basement. Yeah. He's probably having a parade in his basement and he's having a black hell of a time. Yeah. They're, they're, you're, you, yeah. Dude. So rack Chester, Chris P Hammond. Here's your mention. This is where it happens. The FCS show, not the FBS show. 
the FCS show because Nevada, don't, 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 Nevada don't is them not for showing up on the show and commenting. Nevada is not a big enough team in the F- FBS, barely recognized. Uh, they should be in the new uh, ultra Midwest uh, out West conference that Joe is devising um, <laughs> with the full mixture of FCS FBS. Uh-huh. That's a good win. Idaho is rolling and hopefully they take that into the season so they can be more formidable, formidable in the Kibbe dome. That's what I was going for. Tough two words. UNH was formidable against Central Michigan. Mm. Almost pulled it out. This was a really close nail biter. 45 to 42. I really thought this one had potential, but we got a fat stack coming later. Dylan Loud played, played really well. Regardless, I continue to be justified for placing UNH where I put them. They they might actually be better than William and Mary, and we're gonna we're gonna find out. Yeah, a lot of uh, a lot of FCS teams help them out, help themselves out, and I believe my, uh, my mine should be coming out either later tonight or tomorrow on Monday. Um, but a lot of teams help themselves out this weekend with some good matchups versus FBS teams. SIU does beat Northern Illinois. Yep. The Max stinks. The so- the Sock Lukies are back, and I'm in on them this year. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna doubt them. Like I oh, made that sure. mistake last year. Well, I, I mean, I, I didn't see, have I any. <laughs> I don't have any negative interactions with with the head coach this year, so I'm in. I'm back oh, in. I forgot about that. I forgot that's what it stemmed from. <laughs> All I had to do was show up for the interview. That's all Good I for SIU, or send me an apology. I'm sorry I couldn't make it. Let's reschedule. Bigger things. Nothing. <laughs> like showing up for a date and then they just don't even come. It's like, yeah, of course I'm now going to hate you. Like, what? I don't know what we expected. Fordham also does get the third upset as they beat Buffalo 40 to 37. Buffalo stinks. The FCS should be promoted to. FBS, the whole FCS should just get promoted, and the MAC should be relegated to the FCS. The MAC, uh, here's the thing: Toledo is doing a lot of heavy lifting for the MAC right now, <laughs> and Curtis Rourke is doing some heavy lifting by being a notable prospect. Uh, but other than that, the MAC is a, is a little rough. I think Bowling Green got a a win against Eastern Illinois, uh, but other than that, it is what it is. Uh, you threw down here that Davidson lost to D2 Barton. Wah, wah. Wait, and then there was a Drake also lost to, and they lost to NAIA Northwestern. And I, I read this. This is off the top of my head, so I'm probably misquoting part of this, and I don't really care. Um, NAIA Northwestern's fans then stormed the field at Drake after they won, which I don't think has, I like, that has to be the most disturbing headline I've ever read. And it's well, they should on the show. Be, be better. Be better, Davidson. Be better, Drake. Hmm. Be better. Speaking of unexpected losses, Samford, which was highly ranked by us, and a lot of people fell to West Carolina. So a bit of a uh, rough rough week for the Bulldogs. Uh, I had one more that I saw. Iwu mm. made it close with Fresno State. And Fresno, super scrappy of a program, talented FBS program. And... Uh, Eastern Washington gave him a real game, uh, really down to the wire too. looked looked like uh, some some classic vintage Iwu ball, which I can get behind. All right, let's get into these big ones. Weber State beats Northern Iowa on the yeah. road, thirty four to seventeen. This game was really close at halftime. Theo Day was dealing; he looked really, really good. A lot of splash plays from that that Weber State offense, which I, I wasn't expecting. I thought this was just going to be 
you know, uh, grind you out with Bankston type of a deal. And he did do that, but they were slinging it. They were taking some shots downfield and they were connecting on them. Eventually in the second half, though, all of the mistakes started to catch up with Northern Iowa. There were a lot of defensive pass interference calls because they couldn't keep up with those receivers. But most importantly, man, like Theo Day, I looked at the score before I watched this game, and I thought that it was going to be the Theo Day laid an egg, but it wasn't. It was no. the offensive line gave him no time, not a lot of open receivers for him to go to. He is really tough to watch because he can be so good on any other roster. But I think that just the rest of the team around him is just not good enough. I, I, it is He has held back significantly, and he can only do so much. I think that they win seven games this year, but they are going to be consistently held back against opponents that are as well-rounded as Weber State was coming into this game. Yeah, it's tough because if you're looking strictly at the numbers as a casual, you see Theo Day, and I'll get to one of the, the, the biggest number. Theo Day, 23 for 41, 312 and one touchdown. Ty Edwards leading rusher, 16 for 53. Oh, he had a touchdown. Sergio Morency, six catches, 120 yards, average 20 a catch. And Sam Schnee, seven catches, 97 yards, one touchdown. You see that, you say, okay, it's not a bad day. The three picks is where it hurts, and they weren't all on Theo Day. No. Theo Day uh, is talented. He is operating that offense, I think, at the best he can. There are operational issues within that team that are holding them back. Whether it's just it's the little details of when to break off a route, it's the little details about protecting properly, or and, and it's not and he's not perfect. Theo Day is not perfect, but he's the best player on that team. He's the best player on the field when he's playing, especially versus Weber State. You shouldn't be it just should not be lopsided enough for Weber to put 34 on you and you score 17 when you have such a talented player throwing the ball. And when they were rolling uh, you and I, I'm looking like, oh, wow, you know, this offense, they, they're they're creating some space. This receiver is open, you know, the, the, this offense is moving and then stall. Okay, turnover, stall out, stall out, odd play, odd play. There's just too much weirdness operationally for them to be competing the way that they should be. They should be competing and they can, but they're not there. They just need to clean up just about everything. Just clean it up. Because if this yeah. isn't a you polish a turd, it's still a turd situation. Yeah, this is a, you polish this thing, and you might have a, a, a you might have something of value. Right. So okay, here's I, I get what you're saying. Yeah. Here here's my bigger thing from this, and my bigger takeaway: the game like this doesn't look like a lopsided blowout or anything along those lines. But the way that I look at this game is, you and I has too many deficiencies in, at important spots for them to be as good as I thought that they were going to be. I thought that this was a top 10 team. They're not. They're more of a top 20 team back yeah. into the top 25. If that, even if they're going to be rankle, rankable by the end of the year, they need to recover after this game. I'm not going to remove them from my top 25 because they've only played one FCS opponent. Their offensive line issues, though, I think are going to really, really catch up to them as it did against Weber State. But I'm really in on Weber State. I think that Weber State is going to continue to climb. They're going to do really well in the big sky. And they could be that second-best team. They could be that yeah. second-best team behind Montana State uh, because Montana's looked fine. I haven't really gotten true eyes on them. But the one team that has shown what they're capable of is Weber. And my bigger reason for having confidence in them is because what I said a second ago, not only can they run the ball, 
but they have those guys and the willingness to spread things out. There are not a lot of defenses at the FCS level that can counter deep threats that can counter and play good defense for a full yeah, game. Right. Yeah. Right. It's going to lead to mistakes. It's going to lead to penalties. You're going to give up those touchdowns. And that's, that's what happened in this game. Weber was impressive. Uh, mm. This game, I think they opened. I think the first play from from scrimmage was the eighty yard touchdown uh, on offense, and I or at least it was in, in the first drive. Take the top off. Go ahead. That's what you should do. Take the momentum away from the home crowd and say, "Hey, we're here now. We have the lead." That's what offenses do. That's why they open the games or open drives with a big shot to try to get that away from you. Damon Bankston ran his ass off in this game. Mm. Twenty two for one forty four, three touchdowns. Average 6.5 yards a carry. Tough carries. In between the tackle carries. Don't like it, I'll bounce it out. But I know where I'm going to first. I know that my eyes are going to be on the inside hip of the guard or the outside hip of the tackle, and that's where I'm going to be. Disciplined runner, hard runner, uh, heartbeat type player that you know if I'm the quarterback, I'm turning it around and handing the ball off to to him, then I'm making the right decision. It's not going to be a a pull. It's not going to be like, I don't think we should run here. Give him the ball. He is going to make the offense move, and he did. And Weber just came out and said, hey, we are going to take this game from you, and they did. South Dakota State holds on against Montana State. They Montana State came out early fighting in this game. They came out swinging, and it looked yeah. like that at one point that they might actually end up pulling away. I was trying to watch this game on my phone while also watching Oregon, Texas Tech, and Alabama, Texas. So I actually tried to watch this one as much as I could live, and I actually got a pretty good chunk of it. I got to watch the the end of this and the whole second half pretty much. And what I got from this is that the attrition of them running the football, especially with Isaiah Davis, as one would expect, is really hard to keep up with. And that offensive line just – they maybe were a little slow to get going. Gronowski's not exactly connecting. Uh, A couple miscues here and there. Yeah, the weird fumble. Yeah. yeah, and then eventually you just you keep grinding it out, grinding it out, and then Isaiah Davis had that one great run where he broke away, dirty-ass stiff arm where he slams a dude into the sideline. That is going to help them later on in the season. I don't know if this if these two teams play with the out, again what the outcome would be. I think that Montana State would maybe pull it out if they played a second time because it's hard to beat good teams twice. But my like real main takeaway is that both of these teams, it, it didn't affect my outlook on them. Like I, I think that they're both top three teams still. South Dakota State's still the best team. Montana State is just slightly right behind them. And they could both beat each other every single time that they played. Anyone on a neutral field, if they play each other continually again, anyone can win. Any team can win. Just depends on how they finish certain plays. It's the best matchup that we got we get in the FCS right now. This yeah. game. And I'm grateful for it. How this result was for both teams. Massive accomplishment. And Montana State fans are going to be like, we should have won. Montana State fans are going to say, we were robbed. Okay. Massive step up from the last time you played them. Mm. You kept it tight. You made adjustments. You saw how gritty and tough South Dakota State was. You matched that energy. You lost by four. Okay. No one's going to – I'm not moving you down for that. You played well enough versus the most established team in the FCS – and gave them a true game down to the wire all four quarters in a weird, fun, I'm not I'm not 80, so I'm not going to use the term slobber knocker, uh, but in, in that essence of game, uh, uh, that is what it was. And South Dakota State, massive win for you. 
way to hold on, way to keep everyone keep quiet and say, hey, we're still we win the game. We we win. End of discussion. Montana State can still discuss, though, because they're like next time it's it's we make a couple adjustments. We make some tweaks. We play a little bit better here or there. Uh, We hold on better when we come out of the first half and come into the second half. South Dakota State's adjustments in the second half can't be understated either. They, They changed it. They were able to operate better and go down and secure the victory. Huge. Huge for both teams. Great game and great outcome for both, even though there had to be one loser. I'm not going to talk about the the controversial call, though, to end the game, though, because I have now been sent two different pictures by people where one, his foot's in, and then one where his foot's clearly not in. So Montana State fans and South Dakota State fans, y- y'all got to just move past that play. I know that that's I know I know that that's a kind of an asshole outsider look on this and perspective on it. And y'all are going to get pissed at me for saying this. We're going to get DMs from Dan my man. I'm with you. DMs from Chad. I want no part of this call. Look, all I am saying is that that was really hard to call. I will say it did look like he was out. And it also almost looked like Chambers threw that ball past the line of scrimmage. That part I might be off base on. It was close, and that was one of the things that they kind of pulled up during the broadcast. But it looked like he was out. I thought he I'm going off of what it was called on the field. I'm not going to sit here and do the, did he catch it, did he not? Is the, were the officials right or were they wrong? If the officials looked at it, it was one of the few times I'm going to do the, I'm going to just trust the officials. Let's just go with that. I'm sorry like that. it ended that way. I'm, I like the trust the officials because I'm on that uh, uh, boat also. I thought he was in, but that that's just uh, just uh, uh, hey, why we're not doing this? Antagonizing. I'm not trying to antagonize. I'm not trying to rally a fan base and get the officials fired. I don't want another Saints versus Rams Supreme Court filing. I don't want that. But it was a close enough call where both Joe and I please take this to the Supreme Court. Joe and I both saw it. We both had differing opinions, so we both have to trust the officials. We don't have a stake in this. Joe or I aren't. Montana State or South Dakota State fans, but we are split down the middle by a millimeter. It's tough. Just you got to go with the officials' call. All right, fat stats. Fat stats. We finally. What was that intro? What the hell was that? Sorry. What Sorry. Do you want to say? What do you, what Sean you get the- Anderson, give us the fat stats for this week. Well, you lean back and you're on your foot. Fat stats. Go ahead, fatty. Okay, we've it. been on. We've been on for an hour and a half. I, I just, I'm getting. I've got like eight, ten text messages. I just quickly pulled one up. Fat stats. Do you, do you not want? You not want to read the fat stats? You want to just end the episode? No. Nah, Is that what it. you want? I just want you. Me. I just want you to want me to do them. Can you? I of course want you to do them. Can you please? You're just dragging this out. You're just dragging this. Well, out. Now I want to drag it out. Uh, but ass. I'll get into fat stats. Uh, uh, we have a, a, a full ballot, a full slate of fat stats. If you're unaware. It's the biggest stat lines of the week. I don't care who won the game. I don't care who lost the game. If you put up big numbers, you're going to be in fat stats. We have some real get you out of the house with the crane, break down the wall stats this week. Uh, we mm. got, you know, some some good classic. Oh, God, we got to get you some pills. The cholesterol needs to get worked on stats. So it, it's going to be good. Uh, starting off, uh, Matthew Saluka, uh, 10 for 15, 130 pass yards. Okay. He also had 19 rushes, 131 rushing yards, and two rushing uh, touchdowns on the ground versus BC, 230 total yards, two touchdowns, dual threat. 
for Holy Cross. Next up, Stonehill. Uh, Jermaine Corbett, 28 rushes, 182 yards, one touchdown, five catches and 57 yards. Also, congratulations to Perry Shellbread for the winner, yes. former uh, uh, antagonist of me and friend of Joe, part of the Penguins. Uh, UNH taking on Central Michigan. We have two here. Uh, quarterback Max Brosmer, 32 for 50. They were slinging at this game. 493 yards, four touchdowns. He did have a pick. Can't be perfect. Uh, then UNH is Dylan Laub, seven carries, 30 yards, one touchdown, 12 catches, 295 yards, two touchdowns. Dead by 38 is how fat that stat is. Campbell quarterback Hodge Malik Williams, 25 for 32, 353 yards passing, three passing touchdowns. Also, eight, eight carries, 45 yards, two touchdowns against the Citadel, I believe, Carve them boys up. I'm sure FCS Fans Nation Radio is happy about that outcome. Illinois State's Mason Blakemore, 19 carries, 170 yards, three touchdowns. Three touchdowns going to get you on fat stats. Pretty fat. Uh, Fordham quarterback CJ Montez. Oh, yeah. Can I supersize the combo, please? 23 for 36, 309 yards, five touchdowns passing, and 40 rushing yards on top of it. Super fat there. Villanova quarterback, uh, Villanova's uh, Connor Watkins. Eight for 11, eight completions, 310 yards, two touchdowns. He also had two rushing touchdowns and 15 yards. We got four more, Joe. Stay with me. Alabama A&M running back Ryan Morrow, 18 carries, 191 yards, three touchdowns. Central Arkansas played a who cares team, but they had eight rushing touchdowns to, uh, combined as a team. That's fat. Tarleton wide receiver Kalen Johnson or Keelan Johnson, Jamie Williams, uh, contributed to this one because he needed for me to add it. Six catches, 219 yards, four touchdowns, and to close it out, UT Martin's Sam Franklin, 20 carries, 259 yards, three touchdowns on the ground. Joe, you have time. You have had time to soak in the fatness. Do you have a selection? My, my pick's the the um, the Brosmer one. No, 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 sorry, the Dylan Laub one. I always mix okay. them up. The, that is, I believe, Craig Haley tweeted the greatest – or the most amount of receiving yards for a FCS running back ever. So I'm absolutely going with that one. Yeah, I think I don't that, know. You can't for a record. I don't know how you can't pick that. I know. I know. Uh, I'm going with Hodge Malik Williams from Campbell as my fat stat. I like that he did it on both uh, through the air and on the ground. It got fat this week. Let's keep it up. We don't want to go on diets during the season. We want nope. to get fat throughout the winter. At Joe DeLeo and at Sanderson Radio, we'll be back. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.